0: our audience hanging
1: last week with our tangents of tangents (laughs) tapestry of tangents
0: i uh i said at one point i have a hypothetical question (laughs) and then we never asked the question i wonder
1: if somebody out there will keep track of how many times we leave you hanging and just forget what we're talking about it's probably happened at least one other time
0: i can't imagine anybody's listening to us that closely yeah yeah Does my voice sound a little scratchy today? It feels a little scratchy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Coming up on February, the month of cleansing.
0: I'm feeling fine, but I don't know. Now that I have these headphones on and I can hear my own voice, I'm thinking. I also, um, I just finished (laughs) re-audibling.
1: You called an audible? uh,
0: The first Harry Potter book. Oh, cool. I got the whole series now on audible. hmm and we have print versions as well, but um, revisiting that as I know you are as well.
1: Oh yeah. I'm neck that. It's always in that, a favorite.
0: Right it's always a favorite here at the <laughs> Mind Virus show. Yeah. This is the Mind Virus Podcast. Today is January 29th, twenty twenty four. I'm Bobby Flood. Jordan Bruno over here. And uh, we're back. Back yeah. for another week in the clown town. But yeah, we left, uh, we le- I, I said I've got a hypothetical question, and I didn't ask it. Okay. And I'm wondering, should we ask the hypothetical question?
1: Well, inquiring minds want to know. I'm, I'm uh, burning with uh, inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> well, Curiosity maybe is a better word. They don't call it the curiositorial squad. <laughs> In uh, book five, for no reason. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, here's a, here's a, here's a hypothetical. Yeah, go ahead. Because l- last week we were talking about, oh, sort of this uh, cultural movement happening inside the LDS Church, but also it's happening in society at large.
1: <clears throat> right. I I think this was <laughs> this recent this recent kick on the where we're wondering what's up again. Who are we really? was sort of precipitated by the hiring of Aaron Sharinian as communications director, which is sort of an internal policy type of a, not policy, but an internal coordination type of a position from what we understand from inside sources. And maybe not, maybe it might at first glance appear that it's not really a, an influential position, but I think if you're at, if you're standing at the nexus point and directing traffic, that I think is an influential position. So if if Shirinian is a charismatic individual, then it's likely he'll have some influence. And he's ultra focused on the you know UN's is it seventeen sustainability goals. Why seventeen? Because I couldn't think of eighteen. I don't. I don't know. Uh, number eighteen will be space aliens, <laughs> and that'll happen soon right. enough. But uh, well, he's
0: he spent his uh, a big bulk of his professional career at the UN. And he's all in on, it, on the SDG and Agenda 2030. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to, to see. Just go look at his, his social media profile. It's full of this kind of stuff going back a yeah. decade.
1: You had forwarded me a link to a Salt Lake Tribune article where they kind of laughed off the idea that there was any sort of a conspiracy behind these great sustainability goals it was a really short article it was was a letter
0: to the editor from a local un lackey yeah and he's like yeah there's we're happy to have a foothold in utah he's making fun of some people like us who said that the un is uh, you know not the benevolent benevolent organization they pretend to be which is so obvious at this point
1: oh i think it's pretty clear (laughs) i mean to any to any honest bystander that's just not totally um mind controlled by the mainstream press it's clear that these these talking points like eradicating poverty or uh protecting the environment it's all about total control at a global level every everything they're doing is to is to try to foist legislation or regulation upon the public that they control so at the end of the day it's all very similar to the Affordable Care Act. Remember the Affordable Care Act that was supposed to oh, help yeah. everybody get affordable health insurance,
0: or in 2020 the Cares Act,
1: right? Because we care. <clears throat> well, it turns out the only thing that act did was cause uh, insurance to cost to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Okay, so usually, and, th- and this is the problem, is that a lot of the public, and this is what the f- we've got a foothold in Utah, guy. Is just laughing off is the fact that a lot of the public now probably a majority of the public realizes that anything the government says, anything that the controlling class says, think the opposite. Yeah, it was. They are liars, liars, pants on fire.
0: This letter to the editor said, you know, cited these poll results that the majority of Utahns think the UN is just swell. (coughs) And I, 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 uh, What, what
1: poll? Yeah, what poll?
0: If what did they pull a, uh, a bunch of people in yeah, at the at University the of Utah in Mill Creek? Because <laughs> you know Utah. It's funny that Utah is sort of this hotbed or or cradle, as it's been called, <coughs> because uh, for the UN. Because when we were kids, teenagers, and stuff, Utah was pretty well known for being anti-UN. I remember I was in a car in LeVerkin. You, you've been to Laverkin.
1: Laverkin.
0: It's outside of, um, it's in southern Utah, like kind of the back way to I, Zion okay, National I know Park. where Laverkin is. Kind yeah. of outside Herkin. Yeah. Herkin and Laverkin. Yeah. It
1: took me a minute to <clears throat> to orient myself, but yeah.
0: We were driving through Laverkin. This was probably in the '90s, and I wasn't real. I was a teenager, right? I wasn't real politically aware. Of, and that's, Don't waste that's Utah, normal. man. <clears throat> and there was a big, there was a, a, a like a barn or a, a metal kind of shed and there were huge painted letters on it that said, get us out of the UN.
1: Mm-hmm. This has been going on for a long time. Bog yeah. rights. Yeah. That movement.
0: Right. And I remember thinking, what's the UN and why do we want to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Well, now we know. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> we being the United States, you know, get out of it. but. Uh, We also learned this week that the United Nations Relief and Works Agency
2: uh,
0: has uh, or had or allegedly provided uh, people to uh, double as militant jihadists and were involved in the October 7th attacks. These are employees of the UNRWA.
1: So they were engaging in aid to Palestine by... Helping attack Israel?
0: Yeah, their their Palestinian aid was shooting Isra- Israel concert goers. I guess if you mm. assuming you accept or uh, assume that uh, everything we heard that day, if we was, can believe. You know, we take it at all at face value. Yeah. But but regardless, here this is the UN that's supposed to be a, a neutral peacekeeping organization uh, engaging in terrorist acts, and oh yes, if your case, you're keeping score at home or wondering, the LDS Church has donated to the UNRWA in the past, in 2006, I haven't done enough homework to find out if they've done it. So
1: the LDS Church has been funding they've been attacks funding, on Israel?
0: Well, they have indirectly <laughs> been funding terrorism. Now, of course, they, they donate to the UN proper and all of their various subsidiary a- agencies and you know the un's been engaging in all kinds of terrorism including child rape and uh regular rape and uh all other sorts of human trafficking and uh, it's not an it's not a benevolent organization it's it's a great and secret combination is what it is mhm but uh that's not the hypothetical question
1: I had. Right, but, that was just a little background. We've been we've but, been pondering on what we you know, again, what But this come is on.
0: this Aaron Sherinian hire and, and this is probably the third or fourth time we've mentioned it since it, it happened and everybody's talking about it except <laughs> <laughs> except the church itself. They've yeah. have not commented because why would they? <laughs> um, but a lot of it's sort of spilled over uh, um, you have the progmos and the the Mormon stories types like John DeLynn who are making fun of and laughing at the more conservative traditional Mormons that are having you know they're saying things like they're losing their minds they're having meltdowns it's beautiful it's incredible they're so uncomfortable with allies and pro gay people look at them and they you know and they laugh at them and and then you have the the trads <laughs> mm-hmm. the normies the mormies. Um, who have, who have real issues with this, and most of them are stopping at the same-sex issue, right? They're focusing on that. And I think that's an important part of it because, it again, it tells us who he is as an individual. And more importantly, as we've talked about, it's about the symbolism. We like to talk about symbolism here on this show, but yeah, uh, the, the message that's being sent. Um, but it's it's there's a lot of these um, social media influencers, podcasters, YouTubers that are talking about this and it, it still hasn't really spilled over into the real world. I asked a few people, uh, you know, you ever heard of Aaron Sherinian? <laughs> no, who's that? Well, he represents you now. You might want to look up <laughs> who he is and <clears throat> but I've yet to hear any <clears throat> I've yet to hear any uh, mention of it in say Elder's Quorum or Sunday school or gospel doctrine or uh, casual chat. But I don't engage in a lot of casual chat. I'm kind of a hermit. But online, it's definitely in a firestorm, and of course, the church is aware of it because I'm sure they listen to all of these podcasts. I don't know if they if they've ever found us, <clears throat> but some of the bigger ones that have thousands of YouTube subscribers, I'm sure that people from the uh, strengthening
1: what's it called the strengthening church members committee,
0: yeah the uh, <clears throat> the uh, the party the Gestapo the.
1: The inquisitorial the inquis- squad. The inquisition.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sure that they monitor these things. And so here's the hypothetical I was going to talk about last week, and I think maybe we'll, we'll at least get it out there. We don't ne- necessarily need to continue on this threat, but I wanted to tie up that loose I think end. you
1: should build it up a little bit. I think you should take some more time <laughs> to tantalize us about Tune what, in this, next week. what this potential hypothetical.
0: Tune in next week, and I will let you know. What the, the hypothetical, hypothetical question. question. Is. <laughs> no, here it is. And, and um, some of you who have been following, following along may know that this wink-wink hypothetical question isn't as hypothetical as we think.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you can't, you can't like, just tell <laughs> exactly all the details. You have to like, leave right. a little bit Let's, to So in
0: marketing, you have something called a persona. You've probably heard that term. It's a, a marketing persona. Yeah, it's like you sit together. Pierre delecto. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a different type of persona. <laughs> that's a different. Right? That, that's called a burner account. <laughs> but uh, a persona <laughs> in marketing is like you sit down, maybe with your team or whatever, and you figure out based on data you might have your typical customer. If if there is one individual that represented your Major audience, you know your base, What mm-hmm. would that person be? And It's like, okay, well, they would be female uh, 40, <laughs> 40 to 50 years old, female okay. um, uh, into um, fitness, you know, depending on your company, right they would they would uh, be middle, upper middle class they', they would enjoy fitness and uh, Stanley Muggs, and they would <laughs> you know
1: ride a peloton.
0: <coughs> right so. You have this, this idea of like who, who's, and then, and then you create materials, you're marketing, you, you envision that person. Like I, in my commercial that I'm writing here or my mm-hmm. Facebook post, that's the person I'm writing to. Okay. I so I mean, we, we have a, a persona for the mind
1: virus listener, right? Well, we know of at least three or four people out there in the world. Right. That might be interested yeah, the, in this the, type of discussion.
0: The typical mind virus podcast user is, uh. Our listener is highly intelligent, a little rough around the edges, perhaps. Maybe their hair has Un- been washed in a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> Are you describing the Unabomber? <laughs> I think that
0: Ted Kaczynski Ted would Kaczynski. have enjoyed our show. <laughs> Oh, boy lives in a cabin in the woods I've been uh, where um, his cabin was yeah you talked about that it's not there anymore they, <laughs> they took it down they it, it's in the Smithsonian Museum oh they took it to the Smithsonian <laughs> yeah I think what they should have done and he actually recently died in prison I think what they should have done is taken his cabin because it wasn't very big and just reassembled it in his prison cell
1: yeah for him yeah, yeah why not and and just say you know it what would, it would be no different
0: here you go keep writing <laughs> Which he did. He wrote in prison. Hmm. I think he's got another book or something out there. But, hmm. <clears throat> but uh, here's the hypothetical question: Imagine uh, we're going to create two personas, right? Two different types of prominent Mormons that we see nowadays.
2: Oh,
1: so you're going to parlay this into a comparison to the church?
0: Well, well, you know, keeping in on topic for what we've been talking about recently. Meaning
1: like the mainstream church, because the rest of us really aren't marketing. Well, it, it, the, I think the church can safely be... This is not marketing for like a fundamentalist sect, like say the Warren Jeffs community. No, or, no, no, no. Or uh, no, that, that's the Lafferty their own Brothers. Thing. That's their own thing, but... Lafferty Brothers car dealership. What? <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a good or, brand name.
0: Or more recently in, that, in the Lafferty chain uh, of custody or family tree you would have the lori Vallow, Dave oh, yeah. i started watching a netflix series on her daybell ice cream and uh, i didn't make it very far uh just because i had to i had to go and I, I, I started it to sort of say like netflix remember this for me and now i can't find it again <laughs> but it didn't uh, listen to you no so, it, they're making Netflix
1: it, stuff about Daybells, the Daybells already. Right. Already. What was it? Vallo and Daybell? Was it two different last names?
0: Lori Vallow married a guy named Chad Daybell. Okay. And, and while this was like real time, I didn't. This is like a big soap opera. There were a lot of ladies it.
1: out there that really dived into this and right. got all the details. Anyway, let's
0: imagine. So, the, I think the church, the LDS church can be safely circ- maybe three circles with a, a little overlap in the middle, perhaps. In one circle, you have your traditional, typical, conservative, Utah County Mormon, right?
1: Short hair, no beard. 1990s return missionary.
0: Yeah, a guy who served his mission in the 90s. These are the guys that are coming into their- Bobby
1: Flood as a 25-year-old. These
0: are the guys that are coming into their leadership roles now, right? They're 40 to 50 years old. Uh, corporate executives or um, entrepreneurs, usually f- somewhat financially Clean successful. Shaven. Oh yeah. Anyway, you have and then their female counterparts, right? The T, the so-called TBMs, mm-hmm. the normies. These are probably the people that make up a, a, the biggest of the three circles, but that's it's not as big as you'd think. I don't, I think, and I know I'm speaking. Largely to the Mountain West U.S. Church. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the second circle is more of the progmo, The you know the progressive Mormon. kind of a Mormon. long hypothetical question. Well, Keep it's going. it's Keep a going. big question.
1: So the set you've got an overlapping circle of progmos, Progressive um, Mormons, people who are right. under the LGBTQ, the leftists. and U- I can name UN names. Slash we Bill could all and name, Hillary Clinton. Slash.
0: Uh, we could name names of. Individuals, prominent individuals. I'm not saying Aaron Sherinian. Yeah, Aaron Sherinian's in that
1: circle. Prominent. He's advertised that,
0: right? And you He's know, advertising for that. Any any stake president or most stake presidents would be in the other circle. Now there is overlap, and I'm hearing about more and more of this uh, of
1: people in leadership. So they're conservative and progmo.
0: No, no, but they'd be considered faithful, traditional believing. Mm-hmm. And then you have a small circle. Okay. That probably doesn't overlap at all. That's maybe out there and like, <laughs> picture the plan of salvation diagrams. This is <laughs> the, the outer, outer darkness, darkness people. <laughs> and those are people who are like saying, I believe the origin story of the church, but something's goofy right now.
1: <laughs> You're, you are in outer darkness.
2: <clears throat>
0: you know, if we were to put... Like you said, Aaron Turinian. so we'd put him- So if as you're the, not drinking
1: the Kool-Aid, you're in outer darkness. Okay, I'm loving this. We're not going to get in trouble for this ever. Keep so going. You,
0: you'd put Aaron Turinian in that, the, the left circle, right?
1: What's that? The celestial kingdom? No. Terrestrial kingdom. <laughs> I'm just trying to, right with your, circle, I'm trying to jive with your plan of salvation In, in the right
0: circle, you would have like, um, say, Kevin Pearson, right? Utah Area Authority.
1: Is that the dumb questions guy? Yeah. Okay. Dumb
0: question. He didn't just say it was a dumb question. He was very emphatic about it in his delivery.
1: Derisive. Is dumb the word. question. Derisive is the Idiot. word. Idiot. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and uh, so, and then, and then, maybe in the the outer circle, you have someone like a Denver Snuffer.
2: Who, He's exed. would right,
1: right. Right. Well, but, so hold on a second here. So the people that believe in the founding get lumped in with Denver Snuffer.
0: No, no, not necessarily, but I think he's a good example of somebody that is a belie- still is a believer in the Book of Mormon and Joseph okay. Smith. Who but, but there's a lot of people who like Denver, who read Denver, who listen to him and, and I don't even think they call themselves like a snufferite or something, mm-hmm. but who are still members of the mainstream church.
1: You might okay, that's probably true, but you have to have like a separate circle, I think, because like the big difference between him and the other people in outer darkness is his uh, view of keys and authority, I think. I think if I remember <clears throat> sure. right, he said that they had no authority. Meaning, right. Meaning, meaning and, the, and again, we're, we're, we're talking church.
0: in generalities and personas okay,
1: here. Okay, so you're and, lumping those people together. Because I, <clears throat> I feel like the one thing, the one thing that keeps people like tied to the orbit of the church right now, like the main message, the main essence of 2024, Utah, Latter-day Saint, Mountain Saint Mormonism is follow the prophet, like the deference to hierarchy. That's like the big right. pillar upon which everything and stands. Have, and so he, does, he doesn't stand on that from what I understand.
0: Right. And, and that circle isn't really relevant to the hypothetical question that we're building up to. Okay. So this has nothing to do
1: with who, with button, button, who's got the button, the keys discussion. <laughs>
0: Not, not, not in this scenario. Okay. So in this scenario, it's mainly the two big circles, right? <clears throat> and it's kind of the regular old members versus like guys like uh, Shirinian, right?
1: I'm sorry, but if, have you ever played Bula Bula? No. Okay, that's called hide the thimble in some other circles. But in my family, it's called Bula Bula. And what you do is one of the kids hides a thimble somewhere, and it has to be in plain sight. Okay. And then somebody, well, first of all, you have to send somebody out of the room. Okay, and the whole family's there. And then the kid hides the thimble. And the person that's been sent out of the room, to outer darkness, of course, comes back in, and then everyone starts to sing. Bula, bula,
2: bula, bula,
1: bula, 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 and then the person is walking around the room looking for the thimble and the closer they get to the thimble the the louder you sing bula, bula. And and when they get right on top of it, it's like bula, bula! and okay. then they, and then they f- <clears throat> finally find the thimble and the way they find it of course is, is you're a, they're it's aided, like the hot and cold game yeah they're aided by uh, the crowd singing mm-hmm. bula bula, and the f- <clears throat> the best uh, iteration of that I think I ever was party to was when we hid the thimble in one of the uncle's belly buttons. It was still in plain sight. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how's That's that? Re-
1: how's that relevant? Well, it's just it's a uh, button button who's got the button made me think of that. So I just had to ask the question. But, All right, uh, so, so
0: let's cut to the chase we, here. For the,
1: for the for the AI or the sensors that are listening to this, this is going to make it really difficult to find. Um, the reasons to hang us in this episode. And, and the
0: reason I bring this, this whole thing up is because...
1: This, okay, but, but don't cut to the chase. You got three... I, I want to just recap. It. You're going to tell us the reason in a minute, but you got a big group of conservatives, a slightly smaller group, slightly smaller group that overlaps, potentially the same size. Talking about Utah Mormons, prog, mm-hmm. you're going to call them progmos. These are people who are there's, like... There, there's, go, are they all in on the LGBTQ there's, thing? Or there's
0: what? more people in that circle who don't realize they're in it? They okay. may not be like political and that's activists. That's why you've got overlap, right? And and we can get into that because I, I think this, there's this, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, I have to sneeze, but it's not okay.
1: sneezing. Okay. Okay. Anyway, while you're doing that, so then you, so you've got those two circles, and then you've got Denver Snuffer. Right, which, which really, I don't think a lot of people want to. Uh, that are that are still in the church. There might be a lot of people that don't want to associate with him. So, is is John Dallin in one of those circles? Because he was also ex'd. And what he about would Kate be, Kelly?
0: I don't know much about Kate Kelly anymore. But John Dallin is still an active in the. He's active in the Mormon zeitgeist, right? He's the host of Mormon Stories. He's hot, he's this dead center of the. He's the dead center of the progmos, of the, but he's exed. Prog, of the Pragmo movement, because he's all in on allyship and um, leftist politics. So he's and, in
1: the second circle, but he's a been exed.
0: Yeah, I don't think necessarily... Okay, so we're,
1: excommunication has nothing to do with this either.
0: Not necessarily, because again, we're, this is kind of a cultural thing.
1: Okay, so it's a... Okay. okay, I'm just trying to understand. So anyway, the reason, the purpose...
0: Well, my sneeze thought was there's sort of this <laughs> underlying... And it leads to the hypothetical, I promise. There's this underlying idea that we see um, that the gospel that Jesus taught, that he preached, was one of inclusion, right? And that word is electrified nowadays. It was one of inclusion and uh, uh, love and acceptance. And yes, Except for the
1: parts in the Book of Mormon where they tell them to kick people out, right?
0: But, in in fact, yesterday, somebody in church said, Jesus said, come as you are. And he didn't actually ever say that. At least we have no (laughs) record of it. But let's accept that, right? That Jesus wants people to come to church or to come to him. He never said, come, follow the sidewalk to the church. He said, come, follow me.
1: Mm Sure. Sure. But, of so, course, the church claims him, so.
0: Come as you are. Okay, we, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that as is. We'll, we'll say, okay, come as you are. But the, the idea was never that you leave as you were. You leave changed. Oh, a caveat. That, the gospel of Jesus Christ was, well, is one of change. It's one of being born again. So there's this sort of, and, it, and it's catching hold in the, how can a man
1: enter a second time into his mother's womb?
0: Well, he can, unless the, the only caveat to that, and it's a shame that nobody in the eternities thought of this is same-sex attraction. The, the atonement doesn't cover that. It's just not good enough. And I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> a little facetious, but it's, that's the attitude I'm seeing. And there's this attitude catching on that we just got to love people and we got to accept them, and telling them to change is mean. It's mean, and you shouldn't do it because it's not our place to judge. And this phrase, it's not our place to judge, has become we're just going to let Babylon trample us to death. And you see this in in Christianity at large, especially in the West.
1: But they're never going to let Denver back in.
0: (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) <laughs> but see so here's the hypothetical let's take a shot at their authority let's cut to the, the chase what i'm talking about christianity in general is this is happening right it's okay okay it's you know jesus is just a bro he just wants to put his arm around you and say you're you're cool man you're good he might do that to somebody who speaks that language and responds to that mm-hmm. and then he would say repent mm-hmm. change be born again. Become a new person. The Book of Mormon talks a lot about that. We used to joke with my mission companions that the most evangelical tract on earth is the Book of Mormon. The most born-again Christian book of Scripture is mm-hmm. the Book of Mormon. And we didn't realize, or I didn't realize at the time, how important
1: that actually was. Well, so, so who has the right checklist, though, of what to change to? That's, I guess, one of the big questions.
0: Well... I think it—, it, it uh, Could well, you
1: just produce it? We'll post it on the website. Well,
0: Jesus does. It says you've got to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And what does that mean? It's different for everybody because we're all coming as we are, right? Coming to him in mm-hmm. a different, from a different place. But what it means is that you become a new person. Uh, the natural man is an enemy to God and has been since the fall of Adam. And the only way to cure that is to yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit. Sure. What does that mean for me? It might mean something different than what it means for you,
1: but. Can that work for an LGBTQ person, a PROGMO? Somebody that wants to be inclusive.
0: Are we going to put limits? See, see, they take, it's like the sustainable development goals. They take things that they use words that we all can agree on in society. Like, those are good words. Love is a good (laughs) word, inclusion is a good word. But then they back it up with guns and force. And this coercion. sounds like the
1: Carnegie Endowment for International Peace <clears throat> deciding on how to start World War One.
0: The United Nations. Well, I like unity. Unity's good. Nations are good.
1: And we need to disagree better.
0: <laughs> All right, here's the hypothetical. Okay. Let's get to it. Okay, cause... so
1: we, we get it. We get it. The, the question is par, part and parcel of this whole thing is that is there. A right and a wrong, and should a church have a pretty good handle on what is morally good or bad? I mean, this goes all the way back to the Ten Commandments, right? Like, what parts of the Ten Commandments are really good, which are bad, or which are appear to be attacks on Egyptian temple theology? I think I've talked about that before on the podcast, but some of those things, like. Don't steal from your neighbor. Don't lie. Right. Don't kill each other. Well, unless the I government think that, does it. That was, <laughs> unless that was vote, in a small print at the bottom vo- of the tablet. Right, unless you vote with other people to do this, right. to allow this. Right. Then, no, but the, so, so I think there are certain things we can agree on that are evil behaviors, right? And that's one of the questions I think is, is, is this trans stuff? telling boys that they're girls and girls that they're boys is that evil behavior. I think I'm willing to say that, you know, then you get to the homosexual stuff and it's like, well, some people, some people seem to have, you know, um, proclivity, a pro- like an innate <laughs> proclivity. And, sure. and you get into the whole discussion Well, wh- were they born that way or is it just a preference? Is it a sexual right. preference? And, and that's a little bit more of a gray area, I think, but, we, but exactly. I think we can still agree that it's not natural and probably ought not be promoted because now you've got, we talked about this last week, there was a poll done recently. And of course, 78% of all statistics are made up spontaneously. But <laughs> uh, 30, 28% of Gen Z uh, identifies as LGBTQ+, plus whatever, by trans Which is an enormous, gay,
0: that's one in three.
1: Gen Z. But, you know, like 50 years ago, it would have been like, Less than two percent. Twenty years ago, maybe when maybe we when we were teenagers, it was less. People than. weren't publicly talking about it, right. you know, and and, it, and society was fine. And they made a lot. They've made it. They've had a big sob story thing going on in the media that these people have been repressed and.
0: Well, it's a psyop. Right. It's It's a it's we don't a social have to, contagion that's being pushed on right. people.
1: We don't have to abuse them. You don't have to beat them up, uh, chemically right. castrate them, or whatever. Well, that seems to be. But. You don't also don't have to celebrate it and publicize it. See,
0: in the, in the in the choice for Christians right now seems to be, we have to love and accept, or you're a bigot, right? And and of course that's a false choice because you can love somebody and then still encourage them to be different or to be better. That's the whole If if you go to you don't, I don't think church is meant to be attended to be affirmed in our sins. It's meant to be a place where we learn. And grow and and work with like-minded people, inquire after the welfare of our souls in order to Mm -hmm. better them, in order to be different (laughs) and to be better. You know, if someone's born that way, fine. Again, what did Jesus say? Be born
1: again. Sure. But what I'm trying to say is that whether someone chooses to do that or not, or they're born that way, Society was pretty stable through the 20th century right. for various reasons, and, w- and some of the things we did is we didn't allow kids to drink alcohol until a certain age. Right? Mm-hmm. There were certain things that were kept out of the public view. Now, alcohol is an interesting thing because we realized we we the pendulum swung over to the teetotaling side, the prohibitionist side, and for ten or some odd years there. Uh, Mm -hmm. we didn't allow alcohol according to the constitution and it turned out that was probably a bad idea. So it swung back, Mm -hmm. right? The idea that pornography ought to be kept out of the public square. That's probably a good idea, right? Sex and pornography, leave that at your home, in your bedroom, whatever. Mm -hmm. So what I'm just trying to say is that there there are certain (laughs) things society has kind of come to grips with that they keep out of the agora, the town right. square, the public discourse. Until recently. Until recently, yeah. <laughs> and then now it's like all bets are off. And then the question is, what do we include? And so when you get into the religious side of things, you've got this wrinkle. And I know I keep uh, interrupting the hypothetical question, but the question of morality, what, what is good behavior, is really significant because there's, there's the stuff that we can't allow people to do on their own that doesn't hurt society as long as they don't bring it into the public square. But there's the stuff that if you're a religious teacher or pundit, spin doctor, whatever, you know, if you're going to make a pronouncement, if you're going to keep the gate for somebody else, or if you have a responsibility to try to um, help people understand what's good and moral, you know, I'm not saying it's all bad to to make a comment on this stuff, but if if that's if that's the area that we're entering, then there has to be some uh, discussion, debate, or pronouncement of certain types of things that are actually just perverse and not not good right. good behavior. But I mean, we're all everyone here in the world is caught in sin. That that's the whole point of the fallen world, right? So it's not like it's not like we're not all caught in sin, and that we don't all need the Savior. It's just some patterns of behavior tend to lead to, uh, uh, you know, debauchery and destruction of society, and others right seem to, <clears throat> seem to allow for stability, even even though you have a level of imperfection amongst the population.
0: So here's here's at long last. 35 Wait, minutes. Hold on a second. I got to go.
1: Let's do this <laughs> next week.
0: <laughs> Here's the hypothetical, right? Picture whoever you want. It doesn't have to be a real person or not. Kind of your typical person in the traditional circle. Okay. I'm,
1: right? I'm uh, picturing Kermit the Frog.
0: Mm, hi-ho. And let's imagine this person has a podcast or a YouTube channel with several thousand
1: Welcome to s- the Mind virus sub- podcast.
0: Subscribers. Okay now picture somebody in the other circle the ally pragmo left handed circle and they have a <clears throat>
1: so this person on the on the conservative side is fairly vocal about traditional
2: uh <clears throat> viewpoints right. and values right okay
0: and maybe and they're- and they're promoting it heavily. Right. and and then somebody on the other side has a podcast with a similar number of uh subscribers or youtube viewers
1: right and i think you what you're trying to point out is that traditionally the church has been very vocal aka or not aka a la prop 8 right where mm-hmm. people were right, out right. people were out proselyting this has come up recently like hey, i remember i was knocking doors during prop 8 right. in california and now <clears throat> now they're you know 15 years later blah, blah 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 so so that's the problem right so
0: so and then on one hand you have so the the traditional guy says, hey, I'm confused, I'm interested in this Aaron Cherinian hiring, it's a really strange thing. It goes against what I thought the brethren of the church, you know, the leaders of the church, the church itself, the whole cultural...
1: Well, this guy's even more sp- <clears throat> specific. He's like, look, I paid money to promote the defense of marriage to avoid having a gay right. marriage situation in America 15 years ago. Right. And, now the and church, I was told by church leaders to do that. That was the right. focus of the church.
0: And now the church, it's not that that lost. I mean, that, that actually, that proposition, that conservative actually side actually passed in won. California, yeah. But then just this last year, the church is celebrating the, wide, you know, the legalization of, of same-sex marriage, literally celebrating it. I mean, going to the party on the white house lawn with a bunch of you know degenerate things going on but okay. so you have the one guy and he he says you know i this aaron shirinian thing sort of piqued my interest and i'm really concerned and i'm confused about what's going on uh you know or the brethren why did they hire this guy did they not vet him is this i'm confused and then on the other hand I think there have,
1: are actual podcasters saying that there stuff. are I and I, I could name link, one but i'm not sent gonna me a do link it to somebody I think. That uh, was making that very argument, which was which makes total sense.
0: And and in that podcast or in that YouTube video, he had a whole bunch of examples of things that he's concerned about. Fair enough, very, right?
1: Very well sourced.
0: On the other hand, you have guys saying uh, they're out there being allies, and I, I could name a few of these. I'm not again, I'm not going to in this in the sense of I'm not trying to promote or condemn anybody here. So you don't want it's, to name names? It's hypothetical.
1: Say potentially somebody who. <laughs> Let's let's mm. just make up a potential uh, fake scenario. Like somebody who was a mascot at a at a, a church sponsored school that came out of the closet, and mm. now and then got uh, married to his gay partner, and mm, yeah, now that, they're f- doing a lot of influencing, taking photos in front of the Salt Lake Temple.
0: That could be a good example. Like a
1: possible uh, uh, hypothetical.
0: That could be a good hypothetical. Maybe that okay. person's written books about
1: that are sold in Deseret Book. They, they, Would they be they, sold in Desert Book hypothetically? They,
0: hypothetically, they were.
1: Okay. <laughs> were they, are they? Would they? Were they hypothetically pulled for some reason? But were they pulled off the shelves? So you have both. I mean, in our hypothetical situation. Voluntarily. Oh. Okay.
0: Knowing what was coming, uh, uh, as in the wedding. Oh. Okay. So you have these these hypothetical examples, and on the one hand, um, you have. So on the so the guy on the the hypothetically is this, ally side, is, this
1: uh, is this mascot dude just in our in our imaginary scenario, heavily promoted by like say high church officials that are also influencers like say maybe like a hypothetical young women's president. Yes. Oh, okay.
0: Hypothetically, yes. Okay. But and, and maybe we just drop the charade here, meaning and, like in c- churches. You know, I always no, tell no, we're,
1: not, we're talking like a churchwide position. not I always- just like your wards. <laughs> Uh, young women's president, but hypothetically that would. Be I always tell people the one to the be working specific. For the church be specific, all the young women. Be specific. Well, being, we're being hypothetical today. and a little
0: bit, a little bit tongue in cheek. But here you have okay, and so this person advocates for the LGBTQ plus plus lifestyle, oh, maybe even leftist politics. Um, in the case of Shirinian, which you are being specific, but he's a, a public, well, a public figure. figure. He's he's public pushing figure. the UN and all that, as we've talked Pub- about. Public tweeter. Okay, so. Both of these people are out there in the public saying certain things. Here's where it gets a little bit hypothetical. Who? Here's the here's the question. Here's the hypothetical question. Here's At the long question. Last. Who is the church more likely to excommunicate?
2: Long pause.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, who of, of the three groups? No, no, no. Denver the, they, they excommunicated Denver. Denver already China. got. John DeLynn pushed it really hard. like and He got he was, kind of angry, didn't right. he? It was really about him being angry.
0: I, I didn't follow that, that I closely, know. but I'm not sure that t- he would be excommunicated today. Maybe he would.
1: I think he kind of wanted to be. I think he was trying to push him to do something. That's the, he was pushing too hard <clears> to force <throat> some sort of a, an acknowledgement. And the acknowledgement, those acknowledgements like, hit at the base of the claims to the authority the succession succession of authority through Joseph and Brigham well, and he's by attacking Joseph's authenticity that's he, cuz that's what he's done a lot he's, of. Become, he's he's really gotten very anti-mormon
0: he and I, I don't listen to him very often because it's just the same thing over and over and it's very aggressively anti everything mormon book it's of like, mormon uh, uh, joseph
1: who, who would even believe somebody who said they looked at a seer stone in a hat
0: and i don't know if that's how he always was i, I didn't I've really not followed his career, and once in a while, there's a guest that might pique my interest, and I'll I'll tune in. But it's it's rare, and there's a few guys out there like him that have been exed or left. But we're talking about in this sort of scenario, in the in the people that we're referring to, both of them are in the church and want to stay in the church. In their, the real people that we're kind of using as our examples. I thought they were hypothetical. <laughs> <clears throat> hypothetical hypothetically, they're, we, they're real. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's an important part of it, because these are people that, that want to stay in the church, and they want the church to be something.
1: Both the progmos and the conservatives.
0: And the conservatives, I think, want it to be what it purportedly has been for forever, right? A a safe haven against the world. Generally speaking, the leaders are small C conservatives. I mean, we had the Ezra Tap Benson
1: movement, but even just beyond that, I mean, it's people who... But but, I mean, you're talking about people pre-2020, right? Because 2020, I think, upended a lot of the conservative apple cart. Right. For sure
0: it did. But pre-2020, I think most, especially here in Utah and the mountain states, Figured that the church was mostly filled with people who shared their basic values. Like, we shouldn't ignore the Constitution, or we should value the Constitution. We should fight for individual liberty, and we should fight for morality. Well, are you
1: saying that people changed? Like, they became pliable mentally? Cause, who, the or leaders had, or the no, members? the people just had no... People had real, no real foundation, therefore they were easy to manipulate into this new paradigm. Because, I mean, it was pretty well, cohesive. I thought, I thought the church was pretty co, uh, cohesive, I guess is the word. Uh,
0: In its COVID response?
1: No, no, no. Um, homogenous, I think is the word. It, it very, if quite, especially the Utah church. It's pretty yeah, pretty homogenous.
0: Apparently, much to
1: the
0: disgruntlement of the leadership. Because I think they want to be more diverse really well in certain ways no, uh,
1: racially diverse
0: right no so so and these are things we can get into leading to the, you know the the how we would answer that question you know who's more likely to be excommunicated in such a situation now i know of some conservative well, what,
2: would,
1: what would cause somebody like that to get excommunicated like john de Dillon- <laughs> Is a good example of somebody get ex- getting excommunicated on the Pragmo side, and I guess Denver Snuffer is a good example of somebody getting excommunicated. I think on the, the difference on it, the conservative side, but that goes way back to like twenty thirteen through twenty sixteen. I think, I think the
0: like difference that. between those two, and, and based on what we know, right? We never have all of the information, but I think John DeLynn wanted
1: that outcome. So John DeLynn was twenty fifteen. Denver Snuffer was twenty. But I don't 13. think
0: Denver wanted that, that outcome. I don't think that's something, I think Denver, based on what he has said, I think he, he wasn't seeking that. But he also had his reasons for saying what he did. And in both cases, I guess they both
2: touched, they, the, they, electric they both
0: touched the electric fence of authority, you know, and saying you don't have it. Okay. Or you never, in Delenn's case, it just sort of became like,
2: well, I don't
1: think, you're all frauds
0: and liars and this is stupid. And, I don't think
1: Denver said it until well after he had been exed. But his, Well, he implied he wrote his, his problem, he wrote the book, uh, Passing the Heavenly Gift, which it's interesting because you're describing a scenario very similar to Mormonism around the turn of the 20th century where we have a pro-polygamy element and an anti polygamy element, and the do- official doctrine of the church up until 1900, up until 1890 to 1904, where the two manifestos were read. Up until then, the, the from jo- from Brigham, because it really you can argue that it wasn't Joseph, which we've talked about. So let's just say from it's pretty well documented that from Brigham from the 1850s through the to 1890, the official stance of the church was polygamy is not only important to the church and acceptable, but required for the highest levels yeah, of exaltation. It's a new and everlasting covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that. And then all of a sudden it was we don't practice it, we don't do it, we disavow it. And um <clears throat> that's 1890. Then we get statehood and um 1904, I think it was when it was um when it was they had that second manifesto, and they said, "No, no, really, don't do it," because people were still well, including it, the first one. They a lot of a lot of most of the church thought it was just a wink and a nod, right, to get the the government off of our backs, the meaning the federal government, and to be able to to be able to get statehood because we got statehood in eighteen ninety six. So, mm-hmm. so again, the point is that there was a transitory period of say ten or twenty years and by 1911 apostles Matthias Cowley and John Taylor Jr were excommunicated for continuing to practice polygamy because by that point the there was a majority of the members of the quorum of the 12 that were on the other side of the issue and and they were willing to excommunicate them right and they were still doing secret marriages <clears throat> and stuff like that so you probably
0: have probably to this day <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's probably where a lot of the breakoff fundamentalist well, claimers come through and claim their authority.
0: I mean, a huge difference between regular LDS and FLDS. The primary difference is polygamy. Now, now culturally, that's sort of become a different thing. But and, and, and I'm speaking Do, generally, doctrinally, not, not as just far foc- as Mormonism. Yeah, not just focusing on the, the Jeff saga, but FLDS still read from the Book of Mormon and, and they, they have a trace lot. their roots. Back to back John to Taylor. Joseph.
1: Yeah, back to Wilford and John Taylor.
0: Right, and ultimately to Joseph Smith.
1: Right. They they, have, they make a similar claim to a line of authority that the that the big LDS church makes. But what I'm saying is that, and this is why Denver was exed, maybe we'll get in trouble just for talking about it, but the point is that there was a, if, if you look at the historical record, you had a phase of Mormonism where polygamy was essentially required for the highest levels of exaltation, and then it became an excommunicable offense. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a transitory period in between where both camps were kind of locked in together and then it became clear which side of it the church was on Mm -hmm. so you're describing a very similar situation and so for all of the censors out there it was bobby flood not (laughs) me that brought this up i'm just articulating what he said and showing how it's similar to what denver wrote
0: i'm talking about the inquisit
1: the the inquisitive squad the the inquisitorial squad it was bobby flood (laughs) (laughs) No, but the point is that's. I think it's a. I think it's a fair comment. How can we not bring that up? It's like, look, that's exactly what's going on. You have, and it's and it's and weirdly, it's all related to sex, and wokeness. Right. At least that's the. It's the main issue.
0: Yeah, and and woke that word is sort of.
1: I guess polygamy is related to sex too. Of course it was. So it's all about. Once again, it's all about sex. Yeah. Sexual preference, well, I prefer two or three. Or- well,
0: and you've got this, I alluded to it earlier, and I'll elaborate. You have this movement, which is why I think these two circles overlap, is there are a lot of people who would consider themselves in the traditional camp, but who are saying things like, we have to accept everybody, and we have to just love people, and it's not our place to, you know, to offend people. And also, there's some problematic ideas in, in, in the family proclamation. It can be a t- real challenge for people. I'm hearing that in normie In church? Circles. What are the problematic
1: ideas well, in the pro- I, I, proclamation? I don't know.
0: I guess it depends on— One man and one woman? I think—I don't the, know. The
2: judgments of God will come down upon the world because right. of this. Because
0: <laughs> that, that's, that's, right now, the, 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 the traditional people, especially people like who we— uh, referred to this youtuber who was confused right he's made
1: a couple of videos conservative dude he, who's like asking questions like why they, is this why is this being tolerated and, and not he's he's basically saying well it doesn't look like it's being tolerated it looks like it's being embraced and that's why i'm talking mm. about this now
2: right
0: and i uh, th- i have a response and i'll i'll leave it for now but those those that circle keeps pointing to the family proclamation which was issued in 1995 by the first presidency is the way way it's signed into
1: google if you type into google lds proclamation it wants to point you to on the restoration first so
0: right which was which was issued in 2020 in the spring conference of 2020 and just got buried under the news of COVID and all but of the I, events. What I want to
1: say is that that is manipulative Cir- search because well, the, what they do is statistically that they have, they have analysis going <clears> on about <throat> how to autocomplete that field for you. Right. Based on, and, and they, they game that, we, and it's been documented that they game that.
0: You no, know, the church spends and a lot so, of money on making sure that they fill up the first few pages of Google. Well, huh. but
1: That means they're in cahoots with Google to make sure you don't look at the proclamation of the, or you don't, unless you really intend to. Look at the proclamation on the family. You don't actually get it. You're not, you're not, right. hint, they're not, Google's not hinting it to you. But the, unless the, you're really the looking
0: proclamation on the family was 1995, I believe, maybe 96. And it's been a big deal. It's well, here's been, what it says. It
1: says gender is an essential characteristic of individual, premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. That's interesting.
0: Okay. I, I want to I'm glad you brought that up because somebody on Twitter um just today actually
1: is that problematic?
0: Somebody it, well yeah to the to the uh to the leftist yeah to the to the rainbow religion yes.
1: What if but, somebody's in the what if somebody's going through progression and they're trying to decide whether they're going to be a well, man or a woman or is let, this, let me is back this it trying up. to say that when when your intelligence was formed you had either a male or a female
0: well yeah let me back orientation. it up so for the for the traditionalist the 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 family proclamation has been the shield right the umbrella there's even like the people at byu are holding umbrellas um as a symbol of like shelter from mm. the rainbow
1: really <laughs> assault it's people beca- at byu are
0: yeah like students had, like there was protests and counter-protests, right? And mm. if the rainbow kids were protesting, then the counter-protests were people with umbrellas. And mm. but I think, and, and this is where we can get into this conversation. Of, you know, maybe it helps answer our hypothetical question: Is the, the proclamation on the families never been officially canonized? And maybe that's just the way it is nowadays. It's not signed. It has nobody's name on it. Other than Gordon B. Hinckley, it says, this was read by Gordon B. Hinckley. It signed the first presidency. Now, I don't know if that's important or not, but it's something I noticed recently looking at it. And only four of the apostles who were alive when it was issued are still alive. And that's mm-hmm. Nelson, Oaks, Holland, and Iring. And they're all, you know, they're all pretty old nowadays. <clears throat> now, Take that for what it means. I'm just pointing out some observable facts. But the, I guess the question is, is the family proclamation bulletproof or as bulletproof as the traditionalists think it is? Because they always point to that. And they can point to conference talks. Conference talks aren't bulletproof either. Plus, we know from the Haney doctrine that as soon as some, uh, one prophet dies, everything they ever said is wiped out. So here's what I'm gonna. You brought up that question, or that sentence. Read that sentence again. Gender is
1: an essential characteristic of individual pre-mortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose.
0: So I posed the question, something like this was on the Twitter, the X. I posed the question, X some, Twitter, something like, I see more and more members having problems or uh, saying things like the. Family Proclamation has problematic ideas. And the further we get down this road, I'm wondering if the senior leaders would agree with that sentiment. Sort of a thought question. Like, Mm -hmm. Do do they? And somebody replied. I don't get many replies. It's just (laughs) my tweets are me in a room and that's it. They don't get a lot of engagement. Shouting into the wind. Sometimes I'm shouting, type shouting. I also got... (laughs) got temporarily banned from x <laughs> yes for uh, uh uh mayor mendenhall said something like all are welcome in salt lake city and i said unless you're unvaxed, in that case you can just die which i was quoting the movie um you know you know what mad. mad, yeah. mad, mad yeah. you know world. what lady you can just die and, except
1: for you lady i just hope you just drop dead and
0: immediately i got like censored and and had a timeout on my account because of saying i guess you can just die because you're which, being sarcastic But
1: anyway, um, sarcasm, not allowed on Twitter.
0: The person, this person on Twitter replied, I don't know who they were. They said, what if one way that the church could sort of weasel a a way through to fully embracing LGBTQ transgender world, which if you talk to people like Aaron Sherinian, they're probably all up for that or all, you know, a lot of people in your Relief Society, or your neighborhood. I mean, go look around Utah County, These right? Right in Salt in Lake, neighborhood and neighborhood. Utah counties, right—the heart of the Saints. Mm-hmm. You see plenty mm-hmm. of trans mm-hmm. flags and mm-hmm. rainbow flags mm-hmm. hanging mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. They could say they're gender is. they the people is, that you meet when you're walking down the street. <laughs> they're the people no, they're not. that you meet. I don't meet anybody each day. So gen- they could say gender is internal. How, what's the phrase again?
1: It's an essential characteristic of individual pre mortal, mortal, and eternal identity mm-hmm. so and purpose.
0: What if they now say yes? It's, it is it. It's it's gender is an important part of eternal and pre mortal identity, and we have to get it right.
1: So we got to change it.
0: So you obviously you you you're in the wrong. You got you got the wrong assignment. You had a doctor that assigned you to the wrong gender, or. You know, your spirit butted in line. You you know, you're supposed to have a girl body, but you you butted in line and took a boy body or Mm -hmm. whatever. And and I kind of thought...
1: Everyone after that was all messed up. Right,
0: you messed up a whole
2: generation.
0: 30% of the generation got messed up because you butted in line. But it made me think a little. And it brings me back to language, right? Mm -hmm. Language is so important. And... When we speak in broad terms, it's open for interpretation, which is why you have sort of like um, Dallin Oaks, Elder Oaks gave a talk on the Constitution a couple years ago. And everyone just projects what they want him to say. Oh, he's a big defender of the Constitution. Look at him. He's, yeah, he's a
1: constitutionalist
0: and other people going, he's saying the Constitution is a living document and can be changed at any time. Yeah.
1: Which is what he was saying. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Right, because really what he was saying was nothing, because it wasn't specific enough, right? Yeah. And we live in an age where we have to be specific. We have to say what we mean, because the language is being manipulated, which means the people are being manipulated. And I feel for these guys on the conservative side who are saying, I'm confused, I'm confused because I've been there I am there and it's like I'm I'm and I'm saying maybe we just need to believe that when they tell us who they are they're telling us who they are and I had to look up Orwell's doublethink and I think that <laughs> a lot of people in the church are being forced and I would say Christians in general are being pushed into doublethink where it's like, so you have this, this one YouTuber, he's like, I'm really confused, I don't agree with any of this, but I sustain the brethren. And it's like, but the brethren are the ones that are making you confused because they're the ones in charge. They're the ones doing this. And, and this isn't just members who are flying the rainbow flags, you see it in official capacities, right? Like BYU Women's Conference. hmm where a lady stands up and says, I'm queer and I'm perfect just the way I am.
1: So do you think that the language of the family proclamation was intended <clears throat> to be strong and and hard to misinterpret, or do you think it was intended to be misinterpreted? Because, I mean, it says this, for
2: example. Um, it says that... We further declare that God has
1: commanded that the sacred powers of procreation are to be employed only between man and woman, comma, lawfully wedded as husband and wife. Well, and then also there's another, only, here's another I one. Mean, the family is ordained of God. Marriage between man and woman is essential to his eternal plan. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. You know, what's interesting is— That's pretty strong language. It
0: is, but you could weasel it, and I'm going to show you how, right? It says marriage is ordained of God and is between a man and a woman. I know you can
1: weasel it, but I mean, if you take this as a whole— I don't think it whole, was written to be weaseled. If you take it as a whole, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, and I think in 1995,
2: it's, well, it Let's was. listen to
1: the, fir- the first part of it we the first presidency and the council of the 12 apostles of the church of jesus christ of latter day saints that's unambiguous mm-hmm. for- so that answers your question we solemnly proclaim that marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of god and that the family is central to the creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children right so so they don't say that you can't have a marriage between uh, two other uh, men or men or women or women but we, when we go back to the words and this history of the ceremony, it is all about man and woman. So it is a perversion of the concept of marriage. Marriage to call it a marriage if you have a union between, uh, right, somebody other than a man and a woman. Now, just just by the language, but but that that's the opening statement. That's the opening salvo. And then the end of it is, and it goes and talks about what they how they view uh, traditional families and what's mm-hmm. important about families and how children. It, you know, this is really important to, to our society and to children to grow up with that kind of a structure, which mm-hmm. I don't disagree with. Right. And then it says, we warn that individuals who violate covenants of chastity, who abuse spouse or offspring, which can be done in a lot of different ways, like telling them they're not a boy or a girl, if they really are. Right. Who fail to fulfill family responsibilities, or who fail to fulfill family responsibilities, will one day stand accountable before God. Well, God will decide that. I mean, they can warn that if they want, but further, we warn that the disintegration of the family will bring upon individuals, communities, and nations the calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets. Now, that's a pretty bold statement, but it, it is historically proving the last, the last 20 years, it's p- proving to be very historically prophetic and accurate because it if you really want to boil down what has caused um what's the main ingredient that has caused this disintegration in our society it's this it's this disintegration of the family
0: right and we used to in our culture we used to talk a lot about the family right we had the ad campaigns isn't it about time and it was all about families and when i was a missionary I served in a market where those, those commercials aired a lot, and so many, many, many people would answer the door and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested, but I see your commercials, and I love the message. Or they'd say, yeah, come on in. I see your commercials, and I love the message. Mm-hmm. People universally back then, right mm-hmm. at the same time this proclamation was released, understood universally, I think humanity in Western civilization understood importance of the family do
1: you think they could feel that it was coming under attack
0: yeah i mean i would talk to people that would say uh it it is coming under attack
1: so right at the turning of the right at the beginning of the tide not quite the turning of the tide they warned hey you dip your toes in this water you you're gonna end up taking a swim in it and that's going to lead to the destruction of society
0: and and i think the family's been under attack for ages right but Mm -hmm if you look at the last 15 20 years it's been it's been a new level of at least in our lifetimes to the point where even saying the family is under attack can get you in trouble because how dare you how dare you offend someone that doesn't have a traditional family to where we you know we have people trying to redefine mothers day because there's some people who don't have mothers mm-hmm. so it's like So, (laughs) so that this day is for
2: mothers
0: (laughs) or even expanding Mother's Day into just being sort of like women's celebration day, because not every woman is a mother.
1: Right. But this is from this. That's the more likely idea that these women are feeling left out because they didn't have any kids.
0: Well, Sorry.
1: This is for moms. It's yeah. a Mother's Day, yeah.
0: And and my point being is not necessary to find Mother's Day, which is just a marketing ploy to sell flowers and things. But right, but language, right? And and this destruction, this whole idea that you can't, you like, uh, you have people out there in politics and in culture and like, um what's that guy's name, Ibram Kendi, who wrote the anti-racist racist book. He's saying things like, you know having a a traditional family is white supremacy, right? I'm not sure if he coined that idea, but it's out there in that circle, right? Certain things are white supremacist, and one of them is staying fit and also having a mom and a dad at home is white supremacy. And Thomas Sowell warned about this in the 60s and 70s, you
1: know. Uncle Tom. I mean, <laughs> but one of the smartest guys out there and he gets denigrated.
0: Oh yeah. If, yeah. <laughs> Ever want to read some, some great stuff, read Thomas Sowell, like read the, uh, the, the, um, oh gosh, what's it called? The something of the elites, I think the, uh, the arrogance of the elites or so, something. I'm butchering the title because I don't have the mind of Thomas Sowell and I can't remember the name of his books, but, um, it's fantastic. So here we have the culture being ripped to shreds. And I think people who thought the church, and again, I say church generically, Christian church, because this is happening in other denominations. I think I saw that the Methodists just dissolved into, splintered into groups based on LGBTQ rainbow stuff. But you, you have people who thought their whole lives, hey, the church is a safe haven for protection against these ideas protection of the family and then they realize when the rubber hits the road that it isn't happening and that's starting to happen inside the LDS church because of things like the gay men's choir of Washington DC performing on temple at the temple open house and at the you know the temple in DC has a little theater room like a or in a concert room You know, they sing there. You have the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir at Temple Square. You have Aaron Sherinian, who probably had a hand in all of those things. Mm -hmm. You have people like Charlie Bird, whom hypothetically was a mascot. (laughs) (laughs) We're not naming names,
1: though.
0: Well, we can name... Well, look, I can name these names because these guys are out in the public. Okay. And they've made a whole identity of this, at least his case. His whole... Shtick is I'm a gay Latter day Saint and I'm in good standing. And look at these cool books I've written. And um, me and my husband are worthy members of the church. Now, for the church to hypothetically excommunicate him would cause a PR firestorm,
1: right? So you're asking who the hypothetical question is who would get excommunicated. And I have to say, it looks like f- there's like a. Um, a little bit of a a ceasefire going on right now where you can kind of say whatever you want and not get excommunicated for maybe well, maybe maybe from covid to 2030 and then after that the battle lines will be drawn and you'll be excommunicated if it follows the if it follows the pattern of uh, the 1890s then you're going to have a you're going to have a little bit of an armistice followed by uh, uh, a tightening up of the policies and um, the culture, and anybody who wants to go along with the old ways will be cut off from the church. That's one.
0: That's what hap- that's plausibility. happened. Plausibility.
1: That's what happened in the 1890s.
0: And I think there's language in our history. There's language in the proclamation, but also the proclamation could easily just be discarded as. Um, the the writings of the dead prophet.
1: Yeah, well, the, to the guy that has the questions on YouTube, that's what happened. There, everybody was preaching polygamy up until they weren't.
0: And I've seen a, and a then lot they, of
1: they made, made a switch to the opposite viewpoint.
0: I've seen a lot of um, comparisons. People on the pro LGBTQ side say, you know, the, for years the church barred, you know, banned the oh, yeah, blacks the same from with, the
2: priesthood. Same thing with blacks and the priesthood. And then they
0: saw the light. Yep. And again, that's that's the bed the church made, right? And now people are using that whole mm-hmm. saga, which
1: I so you got another example uh, uh,
0: to say you've got it. Now you will see the light on this issue too. Mm-hmm. Further, I've seen some influencers, allies, saying further light and knowledge is needed, right? They're using these this language of the of revelation. And even the church and those guides, which we talked about, say core gospel principles never change, but our understanding of them does. And we have to understand that people in the past sometimes didn't have the understanding that we do now because we're super enlightened. Mm -hmm. I paraphrase that. But the sentiment is we can change anything we want because the Mm -hmm. the restoration is ongoing
1: one of our friends made the comment that every 40 or 60 years or something like that once all of the once you have the last few leaders die off that were part of the previous um which
0: we're staring at right now
1: the previous set of policies once they die off then the new guys make the changes right and so I, and i think his argument was that uh thomas monson was the last guy that was around for the um for the older era, you know, the Benson era, the, right. more, the more conservative era.
0: Yeah. And, and I know Nelson and, and Oaks have been in there for a long time. Iring has been in there for a long time, but I'm not sure in the case of Oaks and Nelson, I'm not sure they were ever intellectually aligned with the old
1: guys. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if Monson represents an older stage than nelson represents
0: for sure because in 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 1984
1: because monson was an apostle for a long time yeah in
0: 1984 monson elder president monson had already been in the quorum for like 20 years and was already you know kind of elderly whereas you know by apostle standards whereas president nelson was you know in his 60s back then or 70s yeah. he
1: he was ordained in 1963 so
0: 21 years called before, by
1: david o, david o mckay
0: and and president monson had some old school ideas right he 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 was big into the scout program and yeah kind of that old school like ah shucks i'm a mormon and i'm proud of being a mormon i mean how many times did he tell the story yeah,
1: russell about russell nelson was 84 so 20 years later
0: how many times we hear the story about you know the military where he turns around, and there's three other guys, and they're the Mormons. Well, I don't know who you are, but go find a place to worship, right? It's a, a nice story. <clears throat> <clears throat> so maybe you're right. Maybe maybe uh, that's accurate. So I think we're facing a, a, an era, too. That what, like I mentioned, the, the last four members of the 12 in the, the proclamation era are— are in their twilight years, you know, they could, within three years, they could all be gone. And I'm not wishing that on anybody. Okay. I'm not saying you so can who just the, die. Who's the, la-
1: who the youngest <laughs> guy that signed the proclamation then?
0: It would have been Holland, I think, or Eyring.
1: So, cause the, the quorum of the 12 and the first presidency did sign it, right?
0: There's no signing.
1: There's, There's no, no, no signature. Okay, but, but you're talking about we... the date, who was an apostle, yeah, the it was an, date I think it that was... it was put out.
0: And I think Holland was the was the newest called. I think it, I think it was the same year that Holland was called. And but maybe so maybe Iring wasn't even on there. I don't know where Iring falls into the hierarchy. He's got to be younger than or newer than Holland because Holland is the acting president of the twelve, and the acting president of the twelve is
2: mm-hmm.
0: in this case he's third in line because. Eldler Oaks is second in line behind President Nelson, because President Nelson and President Oaks were called on the
2: same day. It looks like you got... um, Shoot, I got a good website here, but it keeps trying to pop
1: stuff up on me. (laughs) It looks like... um, Holland was in before Iring, but he's significantly younger than Iring.
0: Okay, so Iring would have been the junior. But when was Iring called? Was he even a member of the 12 when the when the proclamation was released?
1: 1995 April 1st. Was what? Was when he was called and the proclamation was September of 95. So Iring was
0: the newest deposit. Wasn't uh, Holland also 1995?
1: Let's see. Holland was uh, June of 94.
2: Okay. Alright.
1: This is a really good website here. <clears throat> so, or at least for this purpose.
2: But
0: 1995 was 30 years ago almost.
1: Yeah. Well, Henry B. Iring is uh, 90 years old and let's see. Jeffrey Holland is 83. Born in Nineteen forty, um, yeah, I- Iring's even, you know, kind of. You've got four guys that are f- from the, you know, nineteen thirties on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty. If you were born before World War Two, that's pretty old.
0: <laughs> and so on one uh, on one end, on one side, you have people saying these guys are seasoned, they have experience, they remember hard times then you have others saying they're old and out of touch and as soon as they die the new guy the cool new hip guy like Ukdorf, who stands in pretty good positioning if you want to play a little like horse trading he's in a pretty good position to Uchtdorf's be the president also
1: 83 but he's i think he's more healthy than he seems that blonde. way
0: he 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 looks like he's in a pretty good position to be the president for a little while and then bednar is in a position to be the president for a long time.
2: <clears throat> yeah, he
1: is first in line, and he's approximately as old as Neil Anderson, Razband, just a little older than Gary Stevenson, Renland, and Gong.
0: You could see Bednar becoming the, the president of the church for ten plus years.
1: He's seventy one.
0: Bednar is seventy one.
1: Yeah, Kieran's sixty two, and he's the youngest.
0: Right. But their age doesn't really matter, as far it's all about their well health orders. Well, right, but their seniority of the call.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, the hypothetical. I don't know. Maybe it's a good. This is a good point to start wrapping up. But I want to throw out the idea that in a situation like this, I don't want to say universally you couldn't have diametrically opposing views and still have a a cohesive church. And that's the question because you should be able to have diametrically opposed views and have a, a working society as long as you can sure. agree on the things that, that don't destroy society like, as long as you can don't hurt people and don't yeah, take their as, stuff yeah as long as you can you can keep the things that destroy society out of the public square and out of the um, the culture itself yeah hurting people taking their stuff etc but in a, in a religion that's going to tell you what the right morality is and and make um, edicts and decisions based on who's following the morality, like having temple recommends mm-hmm. or worthiness, or or deciding who gets to be a leader or control all the funds. Then uh, I don't think you can have diametrically opposing views and not have somebody get excommunicated.
0: Right, and that and this really gets to the heart of it, and that is who are we going to be going forward?
1: Who are we going to excommunicate? Well, in a way that's, I'm doing the Mr. Burns fingers, (laughs) but who are we going to excommunicate next? That's,
0: that's kind of another way of, of, you know, this hypothesis, but really what it is is because, because these trying to, trying to straddle these two worlds is impossible. It's worked kind of so far, but it's,
1: well, I don't think it's, it's working. I mean, you were telling me that well, right in it's, your ward, the gaps getting wider in your ward that the attendance <clears throat> was is pretty anemic, right? It's
0: well, right, I but there's that, all sorts of reasons behind. I've that. heard
1: the words hemorrhaging <laughs> members, <laughs> right? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, John DeLyn would be is laughing and and exulting in the idea that they're losing,
0: right? And I, but the church
1: I, is losing people all over the place, right?
0: Right, and I, I don't know that this cultural stuff. Is a big reason. I think the biggest reason for um, attendance drop off is that COVID shutdowns during that time, people said, you know what? It's kind of nice just having another Sunday, another Saturday <laughs> as Sunday, and just another weekend day. And we'll still go, but we'll not go as often. Or, you know, we're going to go on vacation. And instead of coming home for church, we're going to stay, uh, we're going to make sure, we're just going to stay on vacation. I, I just think it became lower on the priority list. In, okay. in the LDS church, the culture was... So you feel
1: like the the mainstream folks aren't really paying attention to this stuff?
0: A lot of them probably aren't, because they're not on Twitter or YouTube. They're just living their lives. So
1: by osmosis, they're getting the cultural shift slowly, and as long as they don't well, look they, too close at what the church is push, pushing... The, They'll be happy. The, rainbow, when the proclamation for the rainbow is put out.
0: The rainbow people are far more aggressive proselytizers than than the Mormon missionaries are, and it's that's what's kind of what waking up a lot of people to it is when they show up and they drop their kid off at at primary or youth uh, Sunday school, and there's the teacher has a rainbow pin or tells them that gender can be fluid in church or reads a transgender book in church. Have I mean have seen that locally I've, in your experience? I've not seen it but I'm seeing accounts of it happening. Mm-hmm. Again, take it all with a grain of salt, but the point being here is this trying to have it both ways
1: no it doesn't last very it's long. It's
0: not lasting very long because it, you know picture somebody standing over a small crack and then they keep walking forward and that crack gets wider and wider. At some point that person's going to have to choose which side of the crack that they walk on. And I think right now we're experiencing that the, <laughs> the crack is just, lo- just wide enough for the person to have a toe on each side of it.
1: Well, what happens if there's an earthquake and it splits further? See, that's the— I think, Then they what fall right also, down in the middle of it and die. That's part of your hypothetical.
0: And, uh, yeah, you, there's all kinds of analogies, right? the crack that i just talked about poison in the veins a mind virus right it's in the same mind virus that's affecting culture at large is a, is a, is it infecting microcultures right including churches and schools in neighborhoods so the hypothetical is becoming real and one of the things I, <laughs> I replied on one of the Twitter threads was what I said last week, which is a phrase I've been ponderizing, TM, a lot. And that is, have ye inquired of the Lord? You know, the words of Nephi. Because ultimately, that's the only thing you can do. And then, and then you act on the answers to your inquiries. There's that word again, right? Inquiry, inquisition. I think inquiring of the Lord is more than just shooting off a prayer before bed. It's an inquisition. It's an investigation. It's it's a serious It's a serious attempt to know his will. And we all have to do that. You can't do that, you can't farm that out. I saw somebody said something like you can't delegate your fitness. You have to do the work, right? <laughs> well, you can't delegate your spiritual fitness. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, well, the, the prophet hasn't warned me about Aaron Sherinian. So he must be fine.
1: I think the problem is the prophet signed (laughs) off. The prophet hired him, but the you know that's what's causing the confusion right now. But
0: the the prophet hasn't said that the UN agenda 2030 is actually a a global communist takeover. They're trying to destroy the freedom of all nations.
1: They consider that matter closed,
0: right? And so you can't. You can't farm out. You can't delegate your spiritual fitness. You've got to do the work yourself. So I repeat what I said last week. Have you inquired of the Lord? Okay. Well. I got Jordan yawning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have I inquired of the Lord? Uh, are you asking me? I'm asking I everybody like I know who the hears. An- I feel like I know the answer to this particular question. I've, I've made my opinion known. I'm open to metanoia. I think uh, God, God will judge people, and how we treat each other is really important. The big problem in our society is that we have amassed the resources under tight control in some very small groups. Most prominent being the federal government, of the United States of America, then you have the state governments, which kind of act as administrative units for them. Hopefully, mm-hmm. one thing we ought to talk about at some point is the border invasion. There's a really good article that. Uh, but yeah,
0: it's just, you're just not compassionate.
1: It's it's titled "The Spooky Blackout of Border News." Jeff Tucker, right? Epoch Times. He's uh, Brownstone. Brownstone. Institute, I he's think. been but, he's
0: been great but, throughout uh, all
1: this. That, that's, that, I think, is something to talk about because it's a similar problem. We ha- we're trying to merge dissimilar groups. And so, again, merging dissimilar groups isn't bad. Is, it, it, it's not a big deal if those people have sovereignty and autonomy and well-defined um, societal structures that the new people can integrate with. In an orderly manner, and um you know w- when they're when better ideas come forward, then you try those ideas and they stick and they work and they help bu- uh, bolster and and solidify the the strength of the society so that's that's the most positive way that that, that could come out that's the most positive um, outcome you could have in a in a society and and that's what society is is people coming together, right you know you you don't want to have a society that's totally closed, it, that's not great either, right? In, in a world like the world we have, you're gonna have integration at some point. So we ought to be able to do this in a good way. But because all the money and the control of money, the issuance of money, and the the, the massive amounts of money that are spent towards their agendas, because all that's centralized with this nefarious globalist, you know wokest type of a control group Though there are a lot of us that are really being oppressed and we we would argue that the the good ideas are being um abandoned in favor of just total control and people who people who are into this woke stuff i think they should realize that once this global secret combination gets control they'll They'll kill the gays. They'll kill the trans. Or maybe they'll kill all the straight people and do full-on brave... They'll bra- just
0: kill everybody they need to kill.
1: Brave New World. They'll do whatever they want. They're, right. the, what they're saying right now doesn't matter. They will change their story later. Okay? That, right. What What you think is the new way will be um, quickly, swiftly changed when they decide the narrative should change once they have full control. So the problem is control. And if, if you've got a society that's more loose-knit that's based on good principles, which I think is why the American experiment has been so uh, successful, even though it hasn't been the longest lived dynasty or um, nation, you know, political experiment in the history of the world. It's at least been very, very successful because it was based on good moral principles that kind of came out of english common law and the western tradition and so so if we had a if we wanted to expand on that and approach zion in a way we'd need to refine our morality and maintain our individual sovereignty and and also develop enough tolerance to help people come to grips with better ideas as they integrate with each other right and so the big problem is the centralization of power and control and that's why we all get wrapped into the thing. If we didn't, if we didn't have that, then we could, we could still continue to work out our differences um, in some sort of a positive way, and it wouldn't matter who, that, that you had the wokest or LGBTQ crowd involved. The problem is they're beating us over the head with, with public money and influence and uh, have infiltrated these uh, institutions that can, that have such control and influence in our society. So the same thing applies to the church. They are a centralization of power and control. And when at the high levels they decide on who gets excommunicated, that was uh, I think Delin's excommunication was probably pushed by top levels. And I know for sure uh, that uh, Denver Snuffers excommunicated was pushed by the top levels. This is one of these snuffer was never crosswise with his local leaders in fact they really liked him you know i think so
0: others have been you know from the top as well yeah
1: sometimes it happens from from below but they they say that it doesn't that's the problem they say that it doesn't and um the big problem is we have a centralization of money land control and message and so therefore we can't work out the good ideas we can't we can't work together and we can't be inclusive in our own way. We have, to, we have to deal with this monolithic blob monster that's oppressing us. And it's not just that, it's education, it's the military, it's the government, it's all, it's all the government, you know. It is a blob monster. But we weep for Zion. <laughs> right. All right, well,
0: that's the hypothetical question. It is hypothetical. <laughs> but I think it's a good question, and I think it's one that, you should take to the Lord.
1: If this stuff were ever to happen to you in your society, you probably should think that about it hypothetically in advance so you could figure out how well, to Well, I've act. made
0: the argument many times on this in this space and in my own mind and with anybody who'll listen that I think of all places that we go and attend and be together with other people, church should be one where we can hash out different ideas and sort of wrestle with with the scriptures, with, with God, with the, with society, like figure this out. We've got to figure this yeah. out people.
1: And I think the, that's one of the problems when in our culture, the one you and I belong to is that for my, most of, for my life, the idea that I was brought up with was, well, we already have that figured out right. just conform. Right. And I didn't understand how, um, if how dangerous that is, how, incompatible with with making uh, uh helping our society to to get over some of these problems it's it's very incompatible with moving ahead in a good way it causes a a big when you when you have a conformity based culture then you you're going to lock horns with people who get a strong enough voice and say hey it should be a different way rather than right. allowing people to work out their differences together because that was never what i was raised with it was always we know what it is and here we're going to tell you it for every every and, year and every four years and there's
0: certainly principles that we know through history right that are better <laughs> if there is a better way of life that is objectively better and people are better off with living under those principles or with those principles but also if if we knew that we had all the answers figured out then we wouldn't have the crisis that we do right now which is this this crisis of identity <clears throat> there is an identity crisis happening inside the LDS church and it mirrors the one out, out in the society it's like which way western man mm-hmm. which way
2: <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: we ought to be able to persuade throat> <clears> throat> we ought to be able to persuade people of the What what we think is the right way. However, if you look at the church culture, the problem is everybody says, "Well, what did the prophets say? What did the brethren say? We have to do that," and that again is the problem. Hypothetically, what if they didn't didn't say anything? What if they're gradually switching? Does it look like they're gradually switching? Why? That's what a lot of YouTubers are asking right now. Is why and and that's unfortunate that that our our culture has, has become that because we ought to be able to work things out on our own. And I think if the money hadn't been centralized in these, these institutions and in the government or whatever backing these agendas, I think his, history shows us that those issues have already been solved. We don't need to debate whether you're a boy or a girl. You were born with the equipment for <laughs> right. one or the other. You right. know? And, and if you're in that incredibly small medical anomalous percentage that has elements of both right but that's not even worth then you it's not even worth discussing because it's just such about. a small statistical anomaly Jordan
0: Peterson said if you believe the lie that a man be- can become a woman and a woman can become a man you will believe anything, anything. and that's the point yeah. they get you to believe the most absurdity of absurdities and then you're captured
1: All right and society's already worked this out and we ought to be able to say hey look you know, at church, Can, do you feel comfortable, would you feel comfortable saying at church, you know what, this trans thing is a mental illness? Or saying what you just said about Jordan Peterson, would you feel comfortable bringing that up? Like in, in a sacrament meeting? Yeah, like from the pulpit or in your elders quorum or in front, of, let's say in front of the whole gospel doctor and crowd. Um, perhaps. You might be willing to say it, but do you feel like you'd get some pushback?
0: I think there'd be some people who would say things like, we have to love everybody. As if that, just that means, because in my opinion, like, and I've, I alluded to this earlier, we've, we've ruined these words like love and accept and include.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if you, if you love somebody and you see that they're in trouble, you don't go up to them and right. say, you look like you're having the time of your life and I'm going to affirm you. you know, look at you drowning, but that's your true authentic self. You never, I never wanted to force you to be a swimmer. Right. And now you're going to die, but hey, you're true to yourself.
1: Right. Love means acceptance. Acceptance no, means it's you, like, you become an evangelist for when it. When
0: you love somebody, you do everything in your power to help them be healthy and, and sane and better. Like, you think about parents who spend their entire life savings on, on treatments for a sick kid, right? Yeah. Or injury recoveries or whatever.
1: Well, but the parent to kid thing is one thing. I mean, there's a little bit of a... You kind but of have to stand off afar when... You've got consenting adults.
0: Right. And then, and the, But you don't it, have but, to sit there and say, oh, I love but, you. But Be- this is becoming a yeah. parent forcing their kids into this world. Oh, yeah. And consenting adults, yes, but that doesn't mean you have to say it's healthy for society or that there's not a better way.
1: Oh, I know that. Yeah, and I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Would you feel comfortable saying that at church? I don't, think, I, I don't think you would feel comfortable saying a lot of the things that you say on the podcast which at is church.
0: probably why we say "'m here, and then people at church don't listen anymore.
1: <laughs> Will you
0: too also go away? <laughs> but that's, I guess, the point is um, we have to start saying these things in church, not because we're activists, but because it's truth. And these things, they have to be hashed out. We have to figure out what it means to be a Zion-like society or a, Zion, or a society in the pursuit. Of Zion. Zion is not going to be, in my opinion, I don't think Zion would be a place where everyone's just like, yeah, just be true to your heart. Anything goes, bro. You know, it's just whatever you say, man. Because then you just, it just leads to degeneracy and ultimately selfishness and, and control.
1: No, well, that's the question. What is the morality that Zion or the pre-Zion adopts? And um, w- what level of structure does it actually have, you know? Or is it possible that it just has to be the right people? Asgard is a people, not a place, as <laughs> it said in Ragnarok. Right. Well, we
0: certainly, uh, <laughs> I include myself in this, we certainly don't have the people right now. Or at least we don't have the, we don't have the will amongst the people. Let me say it that way. Because right now we seem, as Christians and Mormons, we seem rather content to simply sit back and say, we have a prophet and we have 20 new temples being announced every six months and we have a quarter trillion dollars and, uh, hey, look, there's a Mormon in the Super Bowl.
1: You know, it may be that uh, most of the people just don't have time to worry about it. We spend a lot of our time during the year paying off the federal government Right, paying taxes, just trying to survive, and that that is a huge problem for society. It really is. We we really have enough technology and understanding that we should. Most people shouldn't have to work that much. We have we could create massive excess, but instead we spend all this money on control and war, and propaganda. Right, and we don't. You know, collectively, it's it's hosing us. We're destroying ourselves. So, so such a huge problem. But, uh,
0: well, thank yeah. you, everybody. That's probably a good spot to, black try pill. to try to wrap up. Take your black pill. <laughs> I don't think it's a black pill. I think it's actually um, the pathway out of this mess starts with individuals and individuals working out this mess in their own minds and hearts and doing so one at, one person at a time. Zion isn't, isn't going to be accomplished by compulsion or through legislation or through uh, social coercion mm-hmm. and, and propaganda. Zion is a state of mind and heart, and it happened one person at a time.
1: Well, figure it out quick, Bobby Flood. I mean, I, I, at some point, I do <laughs> want to talk about the, the border thing, because I think uh, the story I'm going to link to is the spooky blackout about the border news. And I, I just keep seeing this come up. I mean, my final thought here is maybe we're quickly approaching the time where the carpet bombing intensifies and all hell starts to break loose because the distraction to this point has been good, but maybe not sufficient to keep good people from saying the emperor is not wearing any clothes. Maybe. And I said it on our predictions episode, control of information is paramount. And the, the cat is out of the bag.
0: We're coming up on... The
2: cat is really out of the bag.
0: We're coming up on r- r- PSYOP season and riot season and yeah. pandemic season, plandemic season. Right. 2024 is going to be wild, and it, and it already is shaping up that way. You
1: got the eclipse coming up in April.
0: You got you got Texas in a standoff sort of with the feds. You got a bunch of governors. 25 states you, Texas.
1: Yeah, which is... I think Spencer Cox had to do that. He Whether did. He's, otherwise, he'd look like a he's total in an election year idiot. too, and you're going to yeah. see
0: him pivot to make to try and look more like a, cons, a traditional
1: conservative because yeah. he's on the ballot. Is he running? Is anyone running against him in the convention?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: But his, it's him and the Democrat. his
0: lieutenant, Demo, his lieutenant Democrat—that's actually yeah. accurate. His lieutenant governor controls the election, so
1: so Cox. Four <laughs> more years of Cox.
0: All right, everybody. I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, yada, yada, yada.
1: Take your black bill.